This is Partnership for the Arts Radio. Come join us as we explore the worlds of art. This podcast was recorded at the Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda, Florida. And you can find this and other episodes of our talk show on Facebook and our website at partnershipforthearts.group.org. How are you doing? Good, Nanette. How about yourself? I am good. I am good. It's a little chilly here in Southwest Florida, but not as bad as it was in New York. Yeah, no, that was cold. That was really cold. Really, really cold. But I'll tell you, it got bad here. I actually had to put my socks on before my slippers. (laughs) (laughs) That is a sure sign. A sure sign. But I'm doing good. I'm feeling blessed and I got my cup of coffee, so... Good, so we're good to go. We're good to go. So, well, I am really excited about today's guest. We are going to be talking with Dorothy Brooks, who is a poet. Yes, we've been looking forward to talking with Dorothy Brooks for a while now. I've known Dorothy for a while. I've known her in actually a couple of different poetry contests. The most recent of which was an incredibly embarrassing experience when I took one of her classes and found out it was about writing poetry instead of learning about poetry. And um, anyway, we'll try not to focus on that, though. But it is interesting that this is the first time I've heard about it. Oh, well, <laughs> it wasn't closely held. So anyway, hi, Dorothy. It's great to have you here. Yeah, yeah. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. So, and actually, there's no better way to learn about poetry than to try to write it. There you go. Well, I, I think there are some better ways. <laughs> <laughs> so, but here's my first question Why poetry? Why did you, how did you decide to write poetry? Well, I guess I'd have to think about that for a minute. Great, you do that. I'm going to take a sip of my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in my childhood, my father was my father was a man of science. He was an engineer, but he loved Shakespeare, and he would quote Shakespeare all the time. He loved the rhythm of those words, and so I think I came to love that as well. And I think through the years, I've always held poetry up as you know, kind of in awe, like the, mm-hmm. the highest um, literary art form that there could be. And, and yet I've always been sort of a closet writer. And so finally, about in my early 40s, I decided that maybe I should take it out of the closet and see what happens. And so I started taking some classes in writing, and I wrote uh, fiction and poetry in the beginning. Oh, I, didn't you know, I didn't know which I wanted to write. Really? Okay. And I did some of both. And um, I actually found fiction a lot easier to write. In some ways, it was easier to get published, too. But then eventually I decided that I couldn't do both, that it was kind of moving my energy in two different ways. Mm-hmm. And so what I loved was poetry. What I always have loved is poetry. So I just decided to do, to focus just on that. Okay. So, and you have been published a number of places. Yeah. So, so tell us a little bit about that. Are you, did you, I mean, the world has changed obviously, but did you send poems off in the mail and wait to hear back and yeah my first when I first decided to get serious about it I took an adult ed class in Atlanta and um, my first teacher who also kind of became my mentor and I, I took her classes for about five years 
And she told us the very first night that if you want this as a second career and you're expecting to make money from it, you're in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to make a penny from it. But on the other hand, we did talk about how to, how to send stuff out, how to get it published. And how is that? And one of the great rules is you don't just send it out and sit by the mailbox and wait for the reply to come back because it'll be four to six months and most of the time it'll be no. And so instead you send it to maybe 30 places and then you go on with your life and then these things come back. I call them my little homing pigeons. Right. You know, they come home right, flying right. back and say, right. ooh, not this time, yeah. maybe next time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I started sending stuff out, gosh, back in the 90s, I suppose, and, and getting stuff published. And, it, and it's fun. I mean, I feel like um, I want to write well. And so having something published is, to me, an indication that it was accepted by somebody. Right. Somebody thought it was pretty good, not just my husband. Right. <laughs> My best friend. <laughs> well, um, yes, I, I'm hoping a little bit later that we can persuade you to read. Yes, that would be wonderful. Yeah. Well, I always love reading my work, so oh, good. that won't take much. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so now, would you characterize your work as having a particular style? Well, when I first started, which is, I guess, the way a lot of poets start, I started out writing a lot of things that were dear to my heart. I wrote about my kids and my family. And then I decided that it was important to to turn the focus outward also and to look at the world out there. And my poems still have a little bit of my personal experience in them. I remember a class I took, probably the most difficult class I ever took in my whole life, which was a speech class in college, learning to speak. And at that time, I was really shy and hated to speak in front of groups. But one of the things he, he told us that we had to do in class was that you always had to have a personal experience in your, in your speech, even if it was only a two-minute impromptu speech. There had to be a personal experience. For people to connect to. Exactly. And I think that, you know, if I'm going to write about something, it's probably because there's some personal connection emotionally, mm-hmm. and that, that emotional connection is probably going to come through in the poem, even if it's not overtly about myself or my family. Or, right. You know. Right. So, well, Dave, this um, class that Dorothy was teaching at Lifelong Learning here in Charlotte County, Oh yeah, the class at Lifelong Learning. Do tell. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Janet Watermeyer, Executive Director of the Visual Arts Center, and I listen to Partnership for the Arts talk show. Okay, thank you Janet Watermeyer for that spot for our show. Okay, so this embarrassing class. Let's hear it. It turned out to be a narrative poetry class, and oh. it was really, it was really interesting. There were, well, first of all, everybody else was real poets. I mean, I realized the second <laughs> that I sat down, I'm like, oh, this is this. But um, the poetry was very personal. I thought, yes, that people were, yes. were sharing, yes, and it almost always is. Yes, yeah, I think that's the way people start out. And again, it's because there's an emotional connection. Now, each class that I do, I try to have a different focus. And so that focus was narrative poetry, which in a way is the easiest kind of poetry to write. 
the class that's coming up, we're going to talk about writing poems from works of art. And one of the things I like about using that structure is that it takes you out of yourself. And so the poet can't talk about, you know, what happened with my grandkids yesterday. They have to focus on a work of art. Now, they can get to what happened with my grandkids eventually, maybe. But it takes, it takes you out of yourself to focus on that work of art and then see where that leads you. So that's one of the reasons I do that. So in that way, it's not a personal thing, but you're, you're looking at something that you have to concentrate on. Right, and yet it's, it's like a bit of abstract because there's a lot of concrete details you can focus on. True. And so a lot of people, when they start out, also tend to be writing a lot of abstract work about love or beauty or whatever. And so this, this they have to focus on the color or the things that are in the painting. So it, it forces people to write concrete, more concrete sensory images in their poems. Well, as it turns out, I happen to have one of Dorothy's books here <laughs> <laughs> called A Fine Dusting of Brightness. And there's a wonderful poem here um, that's based on a Vermeer painting. And I was wondering if we'll let you read something that you've chosen later, but I just love this. Would you mind reading this for a sure. And I'm sure anybody who knows Vermeer's work will know the painting immediately by Dorothy's description. And this is actually where the um, title of the book came from, Fine Dusting of Brightness, is from this poem. The work of Vermeer is called The Cook, so I called it The Cook, Vermeer the Cook. Like a fine dusting of brightness, the light settles on everything it touches, the pitcher, the stream of milk, the forehead of the woman, even the folds of her gown and folds of cloth on the table. Say the light enters the room, that it streams in the window, as if a shimmering rain of particles. But that's not how Vermeer paints it. The light is merely there, a glow, as if from within, her skin luminous, the loaf of bread shining. Yet somehow the light remains separate from the objects, transient and insubstantial. Vermeer's light is ephemeral. Imagine this scene without light, Vermeer seems to say, and hold instead this ordinary moment, this life. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you. It is. I feel like clapping, but it's just the three of us, so it would be really weird. So, yeah, it, it is beautiful. Now, what, what prompted you to write this particular poem? Well, I love writing poems about works of art. Um, I've done a number of them. There's a, there's a um, group that meets in Fort Myers every year that they put on a presentation called Art Poems, where the artists do work from poems and poets do work from the art. Right, and you, um, so there's a painting or, or a work of art, work of yeah. art of some sort, and, and the poet writes a poem, about, a poem about that, and then there's a poem, and the artist 
right doesn't, doesn't work, work about hard that. from mm-hmm. home. Yeah. Yes. So it's so it's reciprocal. Yes. Right. right. Yes. And it's really neat. I yeah. went to one of those receptions. It was really powerful. Yeah. So I've done a number of um, poems for art poems, and it's I always find it really interesting, um, you know, to see where that to see where that work leads you. Again, it's not like like an impulse that you get because something happened in your life. It's it's something out there, and the more you look at it, the more you study it, the more you um, learn something from it. Mm-hmm. And so that whole process becomes like the process of writing a poem. Yeah, we'll have to take. We'll have to go down. Oh, absolutely. To our poems, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Are, you, are you participating? This no, year? not this year. There you go. Yeah, too many things going on. Yeah, and it's um, a lot of it's on Sanibel. It's a long way over. Yes, the season. Yes. So, well, one of one of the other things that Dorothy is doing that is art related as well is organizing a poetry event in connection with the National Art or um, Exhibit that's going to be coming up at the Visual Arts Center. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and we did this in 2016 as well, and it was really special. So, yeah, it was very, well. yeah, it was very well received. We had a big audience, and they all seemed to really like it. Yeah. Yeah. So... So I'll just put in a little plug for the National Art Exhibition, which is going to be running here at the Visual Arts Center from February 2nd through March 20th. And then, Dorothy, why don't you tell us a little bit about how the poetry event's going to work? Yeah, so what uh, we did was we invited poets to come and view the exhibit and then choose a work of art that they that spoke to them, is the way I put it, and write a poem about it. Then we collected those poems anonymously, and we had a little committee that that selected ten poems. Um, it wasn't like a contest, like the best ten poems, although they were all excellent poems. But we tried to have an evening that had some variety, so that the paintings that people wrote about were different. Um, in one case, there were a lot of people that chose this one painting. There was, there was this one painting of an older woman. Yeah, and people really loved that. Yeah, and we really had, connected with that. We really? had about four different poems. Right, and in really different ways. Yeah, so we yeah, chose two really of those poems to yeah. show the variety that you mm-hmm. can have. Mm-hmm. And um, and then that evening, we projected the, the uh, painting on a screen behind the poet, and then the poet read their work. We got what maybe thirty five entries or so. I think we got about forty or oh, forty. Oh, yeah, we yeah. still have more this year. Yeah, awesome. it was um, it was very exciting, mm-hmm. and I, I think the evening was. We tried to make the evening something that would appeal to everybody, so that we explained a little bit about why the poem was chosen and um, and tried to put it together as a as a whole as right. an evening that worked from right. beginning to end. So it was it was a lot of fun, and I love doing that. And when's that going to be this year? On March the twelfth. March the twelfth. March the twelfth. Okay. And how many? Now you you said you had several poets that came in. How many are you having? Well, we we choose ten poems. Okay. Right, and that makes for about an hour for that evening and we're just trying to make it a a really nice evening of performance with the poet reading the work and the painting on the screen behind them and um yeah so 
10 and it's about an hour and it, it turned out and each poem was really different and the works of art were really different some were funny some were one was an abstract work yes. and the poem yes. was sort of abstract yes. yeah yes. yeah so it was really um, interesting wonderful. but there was like there was so much warmth in the room and like a sense of community that the poetry was great the vibe was great I mean it was just real, it was really neat the art was great and the art was great yeah was. the art's going to be great yes. again yeah. <laughs> yes yeah. 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 yeah so how does how does that work now do you you already have the specific art picked out that's well it's going to be that right people are just going to come to the exhibit mm-hmm. and pick out whatever one resonates piece that, with them. Okay. Yeah. Right. Or they can write multiple. Yes. 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 Oh, it's okay. in the local area. Okay. And anybody who chooses to comes by and views the exhibit and chooses their their painting and writes the poem and sends it in. Yeah. And so then you choose from from that, the ones that are sent in. You choose to attend it. Right. Right. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Put yeah. that on your calendar too. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's it's a good evening. Yeah, I, interesting evening. I yeah, I'm yeah. very forward to it, and yeah. and, I, and I have someone that's you know, I've got that inside connection. Yes, yeah. yes, I, for I sure. I actually am sharing the show, so there we um, go. Yeah, so <laughs> <Dave's> <laughs> a little bit to uh, <laughs> help me out in a variety of ways, but it's going to be really exciting. The partnership with the artists helped out too. Yes, we, you're one of the sponsors. We're one of the sponsors. Right. Yeah, it's always a great show. It's so always now, a really good show. Um, it's really fun to hear people read their work, too. Yes, yes. And, you know, hearing a poem read is, is very different from seeing it on a page. And so, um, that's in fact, that's one of the was one of the things that we thought about when we were choosing the poems. But it, it has to be a poem that people can hear it and understand it on one reading. Mm-hmm. Because a poem, really, you should be able to read the poem one time and get something out of it. But when you go back and read it a second time, you get more out of it. And when you go back and read it a third time, you realize that there's even more there. So if it's a good poem, it doesn't require, but it benefits from right. multiple readings. Mm-hmm. But you can't have that in a reading. When you have a Poet right. reading their work, you have to be able to hear it, not see it, and hear it, and get it. That's not always easy to do for the poet without making it, and still make it something that has depth and has more to it. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of an interesting problem that a poet has to, to have work that is accessible on one reading, but it also has enough depth for multiple readings. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like the connection and i'll say your piece of art you read that because to me i automatically made more of a connection to that because you wrote it and you're reading it and you have that sense of value of what was in that context that you read and right. came out quite well thank you yeah yeah so it's not like picking it up and reading it for the first time it's something that i obviously know what's coming Right. No well, one else is the fact that you do know what's coming, but you have that connection to it. So I think those words mean more to True. you than, than, say, myself that picks it up and just reads yes. it. So yeah. that, that feeling comes out yeah, as well. Right. Because they would read it differently. Yes. Mm-hmm. They would read it differently. Yes. Yes. Sure. yes. Uh-huh. Have you ever had that experience where you've had someone read a poem 
of your work and you go, well, that was close. <laughs> or not at all. Yeah, in fact, um, when I go to a workshop, then usually what we do is when we're about to study a, a poem of somebody in the, in the workshop, then the poet reads it the first time and then someone else in the group reads it the second time. And it is, you know, sometimes I want to say, no, 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 you got the rhythm wrong. Or, yeah, yeah, it is different. And it, but it's an important thing for a poet to hear because the poet can't go with their poem and say to people, this is the way you read this. Right. Everything has to be there and they have to be able to understand how to read it just from the words that are on the page. And so sometimes the poet can learn a lot about that work from hearing someone else read it. So um, I mentioned I was in New York over New Year's, and I went to this crazy thing on New Year's Day, which was a poetry marathon. And um, it's put on by the Poetry Project, and it is from 2 in the afternoon until midnight. And each hour there are about 15 poets, Mm -hmm. read and um, some of them are some of it's music actually Mm -hmm. a couple of things were dance which was very very abstract but everybody only has like three minutes Uh and um, I'm probably was there like seven hours wow that's a lot of poetry yeah it was it was and and um, how was it did you, you know, enjoy it? I did enjoy it. Uh-huh. I did enjoy it. It. Um, Eileen Miles was one of the people who she hosted an hour. Who she um, writes for the New Yorker or whatever. Mm-hmm. I actually had just read one of her poems on the plane on the way up. But my my friend that I was with, she's been going for several years, so she was able to you know sort of fill me in on some of the people and uh-huh. whatever. Uh-huh. But it was really. It was really interesting, um, it was really moving, and it was such a sense of community, I have to come back to that, you know, in the room, uh-huh. that this is something uh-huh. these people do all the time. And I think and actually- that they love. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And Patty um, yeah. Smith was one of the founders of this. Oh, really? Project. I have a poem of hers I use in one of my classes, Patty Smith, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, that's, is that your poetry of witness class? Yes. That yes. is a class I'm dying. Yeah, I uh, haven't taught it in another in a year or two, but yeah, that class I started doing that class because I felt like it again that poetry should look outward as well as inward, and that it's important for poets to write about what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. But right now, you can write whatever poem you want, and nobody nobody bothers you. But in other places, poets are actually jailed for the kinds of things for stirring up rebellions and so on. And, um, and so we look at some of the work that's going on today and some of the poets you're, you're today. Contemporary work. Contemporary work, mostly, yeah. Yeah, contemporary work um, that's about current events. It's about social issues. It's about immigration. Or it's about the Vietnam War. Or it's about um, just things that social justice, things that are going on in this country. And there are a lot of poets who are writing about those things, but they're not enough in the mainstream. Right. Yeah. Just, I thought of something. Did, did you see a large influence from the events from 9-11 like that? I think it might be too soon. I've seen some in fiction. More about... I mean, 9-11 is sort of good or bad. You know which side you're on. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. So, do you have a favorite? One of the poems I love is from the point of view of a young girl and her sister who are being smuggled across the border. And of course, your your sympathy lies with with them because they're, it's their point of view. But then when you step back from the poem, you're being smuggled, and is this a good idea? And so there's a lot of nuance there. There's a lot of a lot of uh, questions that are raised. And I think those, to me, are the best poems where it doesn't say... I distinguish between political poems, which say this was a bad thing, and um, a poetry of witness, which says this happened, and we need to look at it, and we need to see that it happened, and we don't know what to do about that. We don't know where it's going. We don't know... We know that there's some bad in it, but there might be some other factors. And so poetry of witness is simply the witness saying, look at this, don't look away, um, rather than saying, this is what you ought to be doing, giving you an answer. Interesting. See the connection of the title of the class and actually what it's actually about. Mm -hmm. Right now, the classes you're teaching, though, are more writing-oriented. Yes. And the poetry of witness, I did it each year for a while, but I haven't done it in a while. You can only do it so many times, and mm-hmm. I need a break from it. Right, <laughs> right, right. So yeah. what's some of the other ones that you've done? Well, in the past, I had a class that I did women's poetry, poetry of and by women, for women. And um, that's a subject that's dear to my heart, and so I, I love doing that. Um, and then I did another one that was... I think it was called Poetry as Meditation and Contemplation, where it was more like starting out journaling and using poetry as a way to connect with meditating and contemplation. And that was sort of fun to do. So I, I love putting classes together. Yeah. 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 So now locally, this isn't a class, but I know you're involved with the Poetry Circle. Yes. 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 So tell us a little bit about about that. Well, that's a group of poetry lovers. Right. Not poets. Not poets. Right. um, We meet once a month, and we have a topic each month. This month's topic is hope and joy. And then we each bring a poem related to the topic, not one that we've written, but one that we've discovered or that we love. And make copies and give them out and then we go around the room and each person reads the poem we've brought and then we talk about it for a few minutes and we move on and it's um it's it's really fun you, you get you get to know a lot of poets that you may not have otherwise right. known about and material yeah and material yeah yeah when, where do you meet we meet at copperfish bookstore Oh, okay. Yeah. So actually, okay. if you're on the Copperfish um, mailing, mailing list, list, you can find out when it when it, when it meets. And, yeah. 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 It's once a month. It's once a month. And in February, we're going to do something we haven't done before, which is to take a whole poetry book and read that book. I have the book. Good. Good. So tell us. So just tell us what the book is. So the book is Native Guard by Natasha Trethway. She was the Poet Laureate about two years ago, maybe two Poet Laureates ago. And this is the book that she won the Pulitzer Prize for. And it has a lot about her own history, about her mother and 
about growing up in the South, but then it also has a lot about the title comes from the the uh, Union soldiers who black soldiers the, the regiment of black soldiers who actually were stationed near where she grew up in, in southern Mississippi and so um, she writes about that in the book and it's a it's a it's a very accessible book and an extremely good book I I love the book so you all get a copy of this book and then so we each buy a copy like a book club club. so we each get a copy and then we'll talk about the book as a book as well as the individual poems so it's like a discussion of the book and the poem yes does each one take a turn reading something out of it or anything well we'll probably do that yeah we haven't we haven't this is the first time so we'll see how it works yeah and when is this that's February 5th that but book. Yeah, I'm quickly filling up my calendar with all these great things going on. You gotta just have time. Speaking of time, believe it or not, we're out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to wrap up this part one of this show. So, Dorothy, thank you for taking the time. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun to do. Make sure you come back so we can do part two. <laughs> because there's still a lot more to talk about. Yeah. So, Nanette. Hey. You have a good day. You too. Talk to you soon. Next show. Okay. So this concludes part one of our interview. Join us next week on Partnership for the Arts talk show for more of our conversation. Where we talk art in the form of poetry with Dorothy Brooke. This is Partnership for the Arts Radio. Come join us as we explore the worlds of art. This podcast was recorded at the Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda, Florida. And you can find this and other episodes of our talk show on Facebook and our website at partnershipforthearts.group.org.